and welcome back to the Micro Advice Podcast. Today, our spotlight topic is on customer experience tools, how to choose the right ones, and ways to avoid pitfalls. To better understand this concept, we're here with Scott Hanford, founder and CEO of Muse. Muse allows you to create video-powered surveys to get richer feedback without all the headaches of traditional user research. Scott, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. I'm really glad you're here. This is an exciting topic and exciting tool, so I'm really looking forward to digging in. Scott, I know there's so many CX tools out there in the the new product ecosystem, and I would imagine that most are not really used to their fullest potential. So as someone building one of these tools, I'd love to learn a little bit more about the expertise that you can maybe offer us on ways to get the biggest bang for your buck when choosing a customer experience software product. So with that, let's just set some kind of groundwork here of what led you to start Muse and what are you aiming to change in the customer experience space? Yeah, totally. Um, You're right, there are a lot of tools out there. It's not a new problem at all, but uh, you know, ultimately we started building Muse because we saw a gap in the market where as product people ourselves and marketers and researchers and people that we spoke with along this journey, we found that most companies still don't do this well, this being understand their users and their customers in rich, deep ways that helps them make better product decisions. You know, I ran the self-serve business at Envision where we were responsible for, you know, attracting product people to our product. And with that, you know, we saw many people struggle with the product development process and how we could fill the gaps there, ourselves included. And as I felt those pains both internally at Envision and then externally consulting, there were a lot of the same problems we saw, which was how can we get a richer, deeper understanding of our customers, but when we don't have much time. And that was a big problem that resonated with many in that they just didn't have enough time on the front end to gather rich feedback from their users, on the back end to analyze this open-ended feedback. And frankly, it's a muscle that a lot of teams don't have in terms of how do you actually conduct rich, qualitative, you know, useful feedback uh, and get insights from it. And so with that, we sought to solve those problems. Basically, how could we help product teams get richer feedback from their users, but without a lot of the classic hassle and difficulty of traditional user research. And so that led us to Muse, whereby we include sort of like a Loom-like functionality in a survey tool, which enables teams to do this all asynchronously, get that rich user interview quality feedback without ever getting your users on the phone and ultimately bridge the gap between a survey and a user interview to give you uh, both rich generative feedback and evaluative feedback more easily, but also analyze it more easily as it's more compartmentalized and less of sort of this open-ended sea of information. And that allows you to get rich questions out there, asking them by way of video, sharing your screen, but also get rich recorded feedback from your respondents, prompting them to record their answers. You're really speaking my language now because this is a problem I've been speaking about for, for months, if not years around how do we get around the traditional survey? Because I, my sense is whoever's doing the survey, whoever's conducting it, the company, the individual doesn't generate as rich of content as they would if they were out there speaking to all their customers. The problem is how do you find time to speak with all your customers if you have a lot and really 
aggregate and ascertain that true voice of the customer. I, it seems like you're really working to solve that problem. Yeah, it's definitely, it is a big problem. One of the biggest problems that we will face ourselves though, is that, you know, surveys being asynchronous, mm -hmm. uh, you know, versus a conversation, you have this ability to follow up, right? And a live conversation is very generative and it's a great use of your time when especially you don't know what to ask, right? Oh, I didn't even know to start digging there. And mm -hmm. so in that sense, I don't think we ever replace a user interview, but if we can get you 80% of the way there mm -hmm. and especially handle things elegantly, asynchronously, like follow-ups and capabilities to dig deeper on a question after the fact or an answer after the fact, then we think that that can be pretty powerful and solve a lot of your needs. And you know, you save those user interviews live for different scenarios or where you really are at the beginning of your journey of discovery and not sure what to even ask in the first place. So Scott, through your own user research, what are some of the biggest CX gaps you've seen needing to be addressed through the use of a tool or some type of automated uh, mechanism? Yeah. The, the most immediate one that we came across that many people are tackling right now is this problem associated with basically aggregating insights. So how can you basically create a library or a system of record for qualitative information on your users? You know, there is no, for example, amplitude for qualitative insights or user research. There's a lot of great companies doing that out there, though. Many companies trying to tackle this problem, uh, Dovetail, Viable, Fit, a handful of others enjoy HQ just got bought by user zoom. I mean, there's plenty of people that know that this is a problem and there's many people trying to tackle it. There's also a lot of problems around, uh, you know, research operations where, you know, if you are a larger scale team, especially, and you have a research org, how do you basically create a CRM for research so that you can more easily find the right people and get them on the phone, help with recruiting and literally scheduling and, and getting them on the phone. That stuff is a big problem still. It's very disjointed in terms of the tools people use. Uh, and so there's some tools out there working on that problem as well, but it's still a problem that's, that, that is worth solving. We also see that in particular, as it relates to this whole process, let alone are the, you know, the, the system of record of insights a big problem. Understanding or developing those insights is still a big problem. Right. In terms of taking open-ended qualitative feedback, whether that's video, audio, text, screen recordings, someone completing tasks, how do you distill that down into something structured? Right. That is very difficult. What did we actually learn from these 10 interviews, for example, truly? And how do we share that information? That insight synthesis is a huge problem that no one has solved very well. And then the last thing I'll mention is gathering this feedback is still a problem. How can you actually get people to respond to your inquiries for research, for studies, for, for, for surveys, for talking to you as a user interview. There's, there's really every part of that process that's somewhat broken. And, and I think that the, the last thing I'll touch on is that there's people that are tackling different parts of this. There's different ways to solve each of these issues. But I think a big part of, of something that is also very unsolved as it relates to how you think about the future of user research and customer insights is how you can also democratize things because as I said earlier, people don't have this muscle. The big problem with that is that, you know, it's not easy to build this muscle. And so how can you, in the future, if, if customers are at the center of everything you do, decision-wise, product, marketing, business-related, how can you basically empower an organization and everybody within it to have this muscle? Because it's hard to do well. Garbage in, garbage out. Did you ask the right questions? Did you, more, even worse, 
get the wrong answers or set tells you something that wasn't correct. Uh, like it's, it's, if you phrase something incorrectly in your research or you, you didn't, you didn't structure your research appropriately. So there's a lot of challenges there to overcome from a democratization standpoint that I think people also have not figured out. That is fascinating, Scott. Thank you very much. So given that there's a lot of information to collect and I understand that how, I guess, how does Muse then look at everything across the board and make sense directionally of what sentiment the customer has? Because I'd imagine there's a lot of different qualitative data, quantitative data, and is it is it ranked? Is it you know aggregated in such a manner that provides those deeper insights to the customer experience lead or customer success manager? You know, honestly, the answer is that it depends. It's not always mm-hmm. about data or tying it to user yeah. behavior. Because imagine you just want to talk to five users that have ever engaged with a portion of your product because you just want to understand how they use it and like what value they get out of it. You just don't know and you need to iterate on that product part of the product. Well, like you don't obviously need like user data for that. That's like more of problem discovery and uh, and understanding user needs better. And you can get a signal pretty quickly with five people. Now there's a lot of challenges around how many people you need to talk to. There's actually some studies on that. We came across one recently it actually says that the study, the number of people you should talk to on average ranges from about five to 50, depending on the situation. They generally did some research that said 20 to 25 is about a rough number for you to feel very strongly uh, about some of the takeaways from that. Wow. Uh, interesting. Research. So hmm. yeah, happy to share that, that study with you after this. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but ultimately the answer is it depends. It's not about necessarily tying data to things or not. That's, that's, that is key though, in making the right decisions and prioritization, of course, but oftentimes it's not about data. It's about discovery or maybe just getting a gut check on something from a solution standpoint. Is this solving people's needs? I don't need to see 100 people go through our flow I might just need to see a few to see, oh, wow, this is clearly causing some confusion here, right? And so ultimately research, the challenge with it in customer insights is that there are so many different situations in which you need data versus depth and speed versus you know robustness of information. And so there's this, the challenge is to find a tool that can help solve a lot of these different scenarios. And we think that we're starting to build the building blocks for that, whereby you can do the rich generative feedback and more deep sort of research that you might do in a user interview for either evaluative or generative purposes, but also serve high frequency use cases. And one example of that would be, you know, NPS. NPS is something that many people, obviously everybody uses. And what we're starting to explore is how we could use Muse to displace something like NPS. Because for example, if you really think about what a, what a survey is, we want to go really meta here. A survey is nothing more than somebody's translation of unstructured information in their minds, right? It is a way for humans to try to structure unstructured information. And that's nothing, that's from very satisfied to not satisfied at all from from one to 10. Ultimately, it's somewhat subjective and it's just to translate what's in my mind to paper on a structured, in a structured way. And NPS is a version of that, of course. And the challenge is, is like there's plenty of times where you'd imagine you've seen, I'm, I'm imagining you've seen uh, an NPS score of like six and then the open-ended follow-up of like, why'd you give us a six? And it's like, oh, you're great. Nothing to improve. Or you're, we, I love you. I've right? seen them many times. Or, or you get a 10 or a nine and then they turn <laughs> not <Yeah>. long after. <laughs> exactly. And so 
we think that why do you have to translate it in that way? Why can't you actually use the sentiment of the person and have them talk to you and say something like, you know, I, I really love the product right now, uh, but X, Y, Z, or, you know, I hate this thing. This thing sucks. Oh, and that's a one, you know, and why do we, why does it, why does a person have to rate this? Why doesn't a machine or, you know, a, a model rate this? And so there's some powerful things we think we could do there as well around structured insights at scale for some of these things that is one particular use case on that end of the spectrum, very different than user interviews. I just mentioned that because that's top of mind, something we were talking about recently, that could be a really interesting use case for things like video and voice. Something you mentioned earlier, Scott, that I wanted to circle back around on was the the number of tools out there. And you mentioned several, and they're in some cases fragmented, solving pieces of the problem. If, if I'm a small business or startup or even a mid-sized business looking to procure one of these types of tools, how do I find the best one? And, and what pitfalls do I avoid given that there's so many options available to me? Yeah, it's there are so many. User interviews is a great uh, map of like the research landscape. And it's a crazy map in terms of the number of companies and the way they've separated it. Uh, by like how you can use the tool. In terms of finding the best tool for your situation, I think like the best way to break that down is just to think about what are the situations you have and what are the needs you have as the, and use that as the starting point and then to do some research from there. Because I think there are some key categories of things depending on your needs that are the best starting points for, okay, so now let me look in this ecosystem of tools uh, to find what's best for me for the situation. And those range from, okay, I need ongoing sort of pulse check, behavioral sort of analyses on the product, sort of product, how, how are people behaving in the product and or how, what's their satisfaction in the product, the sorts of ongoing kind of continuous insights tools. That could be like a delighted NPS tool. User Leap can help with that as well. Uh, how satisfied is this? Are you with this? Et cetera, et cetera. That's one way to think about survey tools. And you could use a variety of things in that realm, different tools for different purposes. But then there's also on another spectrum, user testing tools, right? Like concept tests, usability tests, usertesting.coms of the world, optimal workshops of the world, usability, the, the list goes on. What I think matters is ultimately finding a tool that fits with your processes and integrates with your tool stack in particular. And what I mean by that is it processes, it's sort of like what allows you to move quickly uh, and not let the tool get in the way in some sense. And I think that a key part of research is, I believe Userleap talks a lot about this and I agree with them, that the future of research is very much continuous and integrated because that is part of how product and business works. You evolve your understanding of your users and their needs. And so that should be how your research and your customer insights tools reflect. They should reflect that. And so is it integrated into your processes and into your maybe your core app in a way that allows you to continuously learn from your users in a seamless way? The second thing is integrated into your tool stack, not just your app. Sure, that helps with continuous insights. But in general, for example, if you're doing design testing, is it integrated with Figma? Uh, if you're doing research, which you want to tie to user data, is it integrated with that so that you can analyze the behavior of your users and cut that up by their responses? Does your data live in a silo in this tool or can you connect it basically? And, and I think that that's some key stuff to look into when, when analyzing a tool. 
How important is that to you? Maybe it varies, but ultimately I think those are two key things to look out for when analyzing whether or not a tool serves your needs. And then the last thing I'll say is definitely one thing we see a lot of is I want to talk to non-customers versus my current customers. So is there a panel of users and how quality is that panel? Because some tools help with that. And your use cases may vary in terms of I want to talk to my users or non-users. And if you want to talk to non-users, there's plenty of tools out there that help help with that. You should definitely look for that in the tool because some do both. Uh, like a user testing, for example, you can upload your own panel or use their panel. But the thing to look out for is obviously the quality of the panel and whether or not it has your particular users. And some are better than that, better at that than others, depending on your industry. So watch out for that too if you're looking for tools like that. Okay, that is gold level insight. That answers a million dollar question that I believe most every single business has around whenever a need to procure a tool, it's where do I start? Where do I go to find the right tool for me? Because there's so many options. They all do different things, various different price points, different services. And I I like that you tied it back into process, not breaking the existing process, because I've seen that happen several times through a customer transformation or digital transformation, where there's been a software change or some type of technology change without considering the impact on the process. And then the whatever the outcome is, you know, whatever this end tool or, or implementation or app, uh, application is, doesn't work because the processes aren't permitting it to. And it, it requires a lot of revamp and making uh, tweaks and adjustments to get the intended outcome. So really glad you brought that up. I think that's a, a word of caution to everyone seeking to adopt a new tool or technology. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that that's what often causes these tools to fail, you know, very project-based. And sure, that's helpful at times, Mm -hmm. but it's project-based. We do it one-off. We talk to our users one time a year, and then we did a Google presentation on the whole thing. Like that just, that's how people have done it. And that doesn't work very well. And the way you change that is by not letting your tool get in the way uh, or your process for conducting user research or getting customer insights get in the way. And the challenge with that is always there's passive insights and there are active insights. Passive insights like screen monitoring or recordings for like a hot jar and spec lit or anything or full story or anything like that. That's helpful, but to a degree, right? It's a balance of like, how can I make sure I get active insights as well and not get in the way? Because it's a lot easier to get passive insights without getting in the way. Active is tough. My active question, did I get an answer to it? That's where you find, I think, the real sweet spot. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Scott, so last question for today. What is the experience that you would recommend a end consumer expect from a software service provider? And then if they're not getting this experience, what can they do about it? When it comes to you know a tool that people are evaluating, whether or not they feel like they're getting enough out of it. Ultimately, I think if the tool does not help you but if it does not help you enough versus get in your way, I think it's, it's an interesting way to frame this thing. That's how to evaluate your tool and whether or not you should be looking for something else. As in, if this trade-off between what we learned versus how, how distracting or how difficult was it to use the basically time to insights, if that balances, if that is imbalanced, that's a problem. You should, in today's world, be able to get richer deeper understandings of your users, both from passive insights and active questions, active research, 
without getting too in the way of your overall processes or taking a ton of your time and in general, not maybe getting in your user's way as well. I would be looking for tools that integrate within your application. I would be looking for tools that connect to your existing other tools as well, both in terms of ingesting information or passing that information to these other tools can be used for all sorts of things. The NPS can be passed to all sorts of other tools, for example, when you use things like Delighted. So both directions, I guess, is my point. In general, I think that with such a competitive space, you should, if you feel like your tool isn't solving your needs effectively in those manners, be able to find another. I, I would just say, keep up with places like G2 or other tool, other evaluative websites for software where you say, hey, look, like, are there other alternatives to user testing that I just like, I just feel like it's not that good. You should be able to find alternatives. There's plenty of them. And these sites do a good job of aggregating them and rating them. And I would spend time just looking at that whenever you feel like it's not solving your needs, because there should be another tool that does better for you. Because sometimes, you know, like you, you uh, needs are unique and your user base is unique, right? And maybe these tools just don't work quite for your audience or your use cases. There might be another that does. And so with that, I think just make sure you have a framework for constantly evaluating this and then go look for these tools because they probably exist. So that's how I think about it. It's tough though. There's a sea of tools for sure. And it makes it kind of hard to know which one's the right one for you. That makes a lot of sense. And I know that you're right. There are, there are several sites out there that aggregate and rate these things. And I think it's just important to stay abreast of what are the latest and greatest if you're not achieving your outcome. So, some solutions to explore different areas. So yeah. this is perfect. Uh, Scott, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I really enjoyed the discussion, the advice, the very specific tips, which goes well with the whole purpose of the podcast, micro advice. So thank you very much. No worries. Great to connect and great to chat here. Appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. If you have any thoughts on a customer experience topic, please drop me a line on LinkedIn or send me an email at info at microadvisors.com. As always, you can find this and other great insightful leaders on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. We'll see you right back here, same place, same time next week. Take care. Bye-bye.